Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The book of Exodus is the second book of the Bible. Exodus begins where Genesis ends. Genesis ends with Abraham's grandson, Joseph. You know that. Joseph had been promoted to second in command in Egypt. The years pass. Joseph and his brothers die in Egypt. 430 years later, the story of Exodus begins. Look at Exodus down just a bit. Look at Exodus chapter 1 and look at verse, uh, Exodus 1, look at verse 7. But the children of Israel were faithful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So while the children of Israel, the people of God, are in Egypt, they became fruitful, the Bible tells us. They multiplied in number, and they filled the land. So the people of God are in Egypt, and they are 70 initially. There's 70 of them, to now there are millions. So they're growing. Pharaoh feels the need to threaten them, feels the need to to do something about them because they're growing. So he thinks, I've got to do something. Take your pen. He then begins to implement three deadly strategies. Write these down real quick. Three deadly strategies. Number one, full forced slavery. You'll find that in your own time in verses 13 through 14. The taskmaster made them serve hard labor. Not only full forced slavery, but also full term abortion. When Pharaoh saw labor and affliction wasn't working, he told the midwives, look at verse 15 through 18. We're going to do a lot of perusing and a little bit of reading. Look at verse 15 through 18. He told the midwives when the Hebrew women deliver babies, snap their necks. And Pua and Sifra feared God more and more than Pharaoh and saved the children. And then look at verse 22, full-blown genocide. Full forced slavery, here's a strategy. Full-term abortion and full-blown genocide. Sound like the devil, doesn't it? That's exactly what he does. Full-blown genocide. He ordered, verse 22, he ordered everyone born male to be cast into the river. Thousands of Hebrew boys died in the Nile River, but God had a plan. Y'all say amen. He had a plan for the one who would become the deliverer of God's people. 
Now we pick up in chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, and we'll do a little reading. Exodus chapter 2, saints, and we're picking up in verse 1. If you're looking at, if you're looking at verse 1, say amen. And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and she bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, what she do, saints? She hid him for three months. But when she was no longer able to hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. And then the daughter of Pharaoh came to came down to the river to bathe and her maiden walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark in verse five, are you looking at it? When she saw the ark among the reeds, she went, she sent her maid to go get it. And when she opened it, she saw a baby, she saw a child and behold, the baby wept. And so she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. And then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maidservant went and called the child's mother. And then Pharaoh's daughter said in verse nine to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, for I will give you. Don't y'all see that's a God thing for I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Wouldn't that be awesome, mom, if somebody paid you to raise your child? Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm going to give you wages. So the woman took the child. She nursed him in verse 10, and the child grew, and she bought him a Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And so she called his name, who saints, Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water, that is what Moses' names mean, name means, drawn out. So Moses' mom, her name is Jochebed, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D, Jochebed. And her name means honor of Jehovah. The Bible tells us that she hid Moses from Pharaoh for three months. You know, I don't know how she pulled that off. How did she pull that off? That had to be a God thing. I mean, think about it. You can't keep a baby quiet for three minutes. You can't keep a baby quiet for three hours. Certainly, how does she keep him quiet and hide him for three months? You know, I remember when we brought Rodney Jr. home from the hospital, and I thought I'd never sleep again. Because he always wanted to eat, and not much has changed. You can't keep a baby quiet for three minutes. How are you going to do it for three months? That's what she did. And the Egyptian soldiers, notice the Bible tells us, are throwing little boys into the Nile to be eaten by crocodiles. Moses' mom knew that something was special about her little Mo. She said, my Moshe is going to be a doctor. You know, Jewish moms. Moses is going, growing and getting noisy. And mom has to do something or he'll be killed. Mom has a plan because moms always have a plan. She made a waterproof basket. She took the baby cargo and laid it in the basket and sent it up the Nile. And Moses, God thinks saints, floats safely right down into Pharaoh's own family. In verse 5, 
God thing again. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to the river to take a bath. She saw the basket. She sent her maid to get it, opened it. Moses is crying. She had compassion on him, even though she knew that he was a Hebrew. You know, one Bible scholar suggested right before she opened the lid of the basket, an angel pinched Moses so he would cry and tears would run down his face and her heart would be then moved with compassion. That's interesting. I got a question for you, as a matter of fact. It's kind of a dad joke question. Okay, so stay with me, okay? Because I like dad jokes. Two dads. Three dads. I like dad jokes. Okay, here's one. It's kind of a question joke-ish. Okay, fine. Who is the greatest female financier in the Bible? Answer, Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and drew out a little profit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Not bad, huh? Chapter 3. Okay, we're going to peruse chapter 3. Okay, because we got 12 chapters to cover. All right, chapter 3. Somebody say amen. Moses saw an Egyptian beating one of the Israelites, and Moses killed him. Moses now has a murder charge, and Moses fled to the desert. And while in the desert, the angel shows up in a flame of fire in the bush. And Moses says, I'm going to move in a little closer. God called Moses. Moses, God said. And then Moses said, here I am. He probably said, I can't believe I'm talking to a bush. (laughs) Chapter 3, look at verse 7. God said, I have seen the oppression of my people and I have heard their cry. God said, Moses, go to Pharaoh and order him to release the Israelites. Uh, Chapter three. And let's look at uh, verse 10. Chapter three, verse 10. In verse 10, God said, come now, therefore, and I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you might bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so in verse 12, God said, I will notice I I have that circle in my Bible. I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have bought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And then Moses said to God. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? God, what am I going to tell them? And God said in verse 14, God said to Moses, y'all come on, read it with me. I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. Moses, moreover, God said, Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God, our fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you. This is my name forever. Say amen. And this is my memorial to all generations. Stop right there. Moses said, God, who shall I say sent me? Who am I, he said first, that I should go to Pharaoh and deliver the people? Now, I want you to take your pen right here. Moses is about 80 years old at this time. Aaron is about 83. So there are no spring chickens. Okay. 80 years old and 83. Moses lived. Anybody know how many years? 120 years. 
Moses' life, watch this, breaks up into three 40-year periods. 120 years he lived, his life breaks up into three 40-year periods. The first 40 years, age 1 through 40, he was in Egypt, pardon me, he was in Egypt learning that he was something. Next in line for Pharaoh, he's something. General in the Egyptian army, he's trained in the wisdom of Egypt. Those first 40 years, he was learning that he was something. And then the second 40 years, age 40 through 80, he was on the backside of the desert with the sheep. And after those 40 years with church folks, say amen, he learned I was nothing. And then the third 40 years, 80 through 20, he learned that God can do something with nothing. The first 40 years, he was something. The second 40 years, he learned he was nothing. And then the third 40 years, 80 through 20, he learned that God can do something with nothing. I want you to look at chapter 3 and verse 11. Moses said, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And look at verse 13. Moses said, who shall I tell the children of Israel sent me? And in verse 14, we read it together, didn't we? I am who I am has sent you. Moses might have said, I am what? God says, I'm whatever you need. I'm able to be whatever I want you to be. Genesis, did y'all hear that? I'm able to be whatever I want you to be. God is not whatever we want him to be. Hmm? I need this half in the room say amen. Because y'all didn't say it. God is not whatever we want him to be. We don't make God into our own likeness. God changes us from the inside out, and he makes us into whatever he wants us to be. Huh? Genesis chapter 22, y'all come on, stay with me. He says, I'm I'm your provider, Jehovah Jireh. Exodus 15, I'm your healer, Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 17, I'm your banner, Jehovah Nisi. Judges 6, I am your peace, Jehovah Shalom. Psalm 23, I am your shepherd, Jehovah Roy High. Jeremiah 23, I'm your righteousness, Jehovah Tzit Canoe. Ezekiel 48, I am the ever-present, Jehovah Shammai. To Mary and Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jehovah is our salvation. God says, I am able to make you whatever I want you to be. Who shall I say sent me? I am, what saints, that I am. Chapter 5 and 6. Let's move forward. Moses and Aaron went to the Pharaoh and said, God said, let my people go. Chapter 5, right about verse 2. Go ahead and look. Y'all stay with me. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that, 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 I, should, that I should obey him? Pharaoh something else, wasn't he? God said, hold on, I'm about to show you. He was angry, wasn't he? And he increased their labor. He was angry and took it out on the people of God. So he increased their labor, and, and, and instead of giving them straw, he made them to gather stubble and made them to make their own bricks in order to build the pyramids in Egypt. He forced labor upon them, and they had to produce the same number of bricks as they labored hard to make them. And I'm sure they were probably saying, thanks, Mo. 
You made our work harder. They probably said, just, we were just fine until you came along. We were happy slaves. Look at chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verse 1. So the Lord in verse 1, chapter 7, you looking at it? Say, I'm looking at it. And the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as gods to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. And you shall speak all that I commanded you. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt. Notice that he will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them, then Moses and Aaron did so in verse six, just as the Lord commanded them. So they did. And Moses was how old? Eighty years old. And Aaron was how old? Eighty three years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. God said, Moses, I have I have made you note that in verse one, a God to Pharaoh. A God. Keep in mind that the Egyptians were a superstitious, polytheistic nation. In other words, they worshiped many gods. So when Moses does a miracle before Pharaoh, Pharaoh thinks he's like one of the gods because they have so many. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, look at verse three in your Bibles in chapter seven. God said, Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, over and over, Everyone, please look at me over and over in the Bible. We hear that Pharaoh, first of all, hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. But then we learn as we move through scripture, I'll show you in just a minute that Pharaoh then after the Bible tells us he hardened his heart. Then the Bible tells us that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardens his heart and then God hardens his heart. Pharaoh's heart was stubborn. Pharaoh's heart was heavy. Actually, hardened means stubborn or heavy or dense. And after repeated refusal to obey God, God then hardened his heart. That literally means when God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it literally means that God established and confirmed Pharaoh in his already existing position. Can I say it again? That God is confirming and establishing Pharaoh in an already established position, in an already existing position. In other words, he hardened his heart and God said, okay, you've hardened your heart, hardened your heart, hardened your heart. Now I'm going to leave you in that place of having a hard heart. Are you following me so far? And you'll notice, I'll tell you, it wasn't until the last five plagues that God hardened his heart. Oh, I'm going somewhere. It wasn't to the last five plagues that God hardened his heart. In other words, here's the point, saints, that God knew Pharaoh would resist his will. And God still offered him a chance to do the right thing. The Bible says that God's spirit will not always strive with men. Don't you understand that with God, there's a period of time that, that, that we can live in a certain way and, and exist a certain way and rebel him, rebel against him to a point where God says, enough. 
His spirit will not always strive. In other words, God will run out of patience. Yes, he will. Parents, you know about that, don't you? Parents, where y'all at? Okay, you know about that. Boy, don't let me tell you one more time. Now, my mother's patience, let me just tell you real quick, quick. My mother's patience was not so long. I mean, she, my mom was not the one to say, well, let me, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you one time. Boy, don't let me, she'll tell you one time. She'll tell you one time. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on with mothers nowadays. Okay. My mother was an old school black mother. Okay. She'd tell you one time. And by the time she tell you twice, you're coming out of a unconsciousness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm from the old school. Okay, nowadays it's like, Johnny, let me tell you one more time. Don't make me tell you one more time. I see him in the Publix. I see him in the Publix. Don't let me tell you one more time. Boy, put them Cheerios down. We're not getting no Cheerios. Put them down. Don't let me tell you again. And then he's still picking up different. Boy, I'm one more time. And then it's like not 10 times. I'm like 10 times. I want to say, excuse me, ma'am. I'll put my mask down. Excuse me, ma'am. Will you please just knock him out? I guarantee you'll, you'll get rid of all these problems you have. Your patience runs out. God's patience runs out, right? Now, when Pharaoh, listen, when Pharaoh, people, preachers, nations continually turn their back on God, God will take over and bend your evil toward his own purpose. Now, the remaining time that we have together, I want to look at each of the plagues. I do want to tell you, and you know that there's 10 of them, right? I do want to tell you that this story isn't uh, as much of a struggle between Moses and Pharaoh or between the Hebrews and the Egyptians. Saints, this is a story of God who is the God of all gods and the Lord of all lords. This is the story of the king of king, and he is the Lord of all lords. I think of Psalm 86, 8. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. There's no God like our God. Somebody say amen. The story of Exodus is a story of God's victory over the false gods of Egypt. And the point of the plagues, listen to me close, was God, big G, defies the God, small g, of Egypt. God, big G, was proving the God, small g, of Egypt were impotent, false, and demonic. And if they had trusted these gods, God's going to wipe them out. God, big G, sends ten plagues. Each plague not only decimates and destroys Egypt physically and economically, but more importantly, spiritually and again. The Egyptians were polytheistic and superstitious people. Egyptologists tell us that there were approximately 80 major gods in Egypt. They worshiped the frog, the bull, the calf, the vulture, the scorpion, the hippopotamus. They worshiped worshiped the baboon, the crocodile. They had a god of agriculture. And the God of livestock, they had the God of weather and fertility. They had the God of battle and health. They had the cooking God. They had racks of gods. And their gods were angry. 
and you had to pay them off like the mob. These guys, these guys were on the God's small G were on the take. How many of you are glad our God's not on the take? He's on the give. Praise the Lord. He gave his son. Our God gives, right? Aren't you glad? We serve a God that isn't angry. False gods are angry. That's why you have to give to them and appease them. You've got to offer to them your hair, even in India. You've got to cut off your hair and offer it to them. You've got to give them fruits and give them vegetables and give them milk and present to them bananas. Outside of all the temples around India, you know, I think I told you. Yeah, outside the temples, they sell bananas. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.